I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP show. Our guest today probably needs no introduction. He is one of the most prominent personalities in the Dynamics community. Besides being an eight times Microsoft MVP, he was also a recipient of the CRM User Group Granite Award in 2016 for being one of the most active partner members in the User Group community. I'm happy to welcome Gustav to the show. Full show notes can be found by visiting nz365guide.com forward slash 119. Now let's get on with the show. Gustav, welcome to the MVP show. Thank you. Mate, good to have you on here. It's been uh, it's been a while, I think, since we've chatted. Um, how's your week been? Bit nervous? Not really. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been a it's been a good week. Uh, I have started my vacation now. But it's uh, well, it's not really been a vacation though because I've been working. Um, it's the life of a business owner, I think. Uh, the the buck stops here. I think that's the that's, so true. Yeah, <laughs> so true. When you own the business, right? It, or, or there's there's no one behind you in the in the queue, right? Yeah, that's true. So I have all. Well, we had some customers. They had some issues. They 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 were moving some of the Office 365 to the cloud and. They have the uh, CRM on prem, and then the server side server side sync stopped working. Uh, so we have to we have to have to fix it. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's it's how it works, you know. So Gustav, where are you from? Uh, what part of the world do you hail from? I'm from Sweden. I'm from an island called Gotland, and uh, I'm uh, actually just a few hundred meters from where I was more or less born. I was born in a hospital, like everybody else was born us and. Uh, but uh, where I was actually raised. So I have just built my, my own house there like a more uh, a year ago. And so I'm in my new 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 summer house, which Larry Lentz usually calls my my mountain summer house, um, which is, it's, it looks a bit funny because I have um, like um, boulders on my, on, in my garden here, uh, because that's what in the, there's lots of limestone rocks here. So that's, that's so there's like, the, there used to be water coming up from the last uh, ice age. Uh, so the, the rise, the land's been rising up from the sea. So the, that's where the water's been like uh, eroding away some of the limestone, but some of the limestone's been still been, still there. And that's been, so you have like, it's like almost like pillar formed, uh, uh, limestone rocks that's sitting sitting around <laughs> and uh, yeah okay so so this is your vacation home because I, I you know what it was less than a year ago I was in your home uh, w- with your wife and children having a, a lovely dinner after um, a three six five Saturday event in in Stockholm there so and I was just trying in my mind I don't remember seeing those rocks but this makes sense so this is your your vacation home yes true it is okay 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 so. Tell us a bit about uh, first of all your company because you, you're you're an owner of a company, and you did something quite unique uh, in getting your wife to come in as CEO. Can you just tell us, step us through that? Yeah, yeah. I started like I, I was working as a like an architect or chief architect at Logica, which is now CGI, 
Um, and uh, then my f- a friend of mine, he he was running a an IT company, and uh, they were they had s- sort of started. They were they were using Dynamics a lot for themselves, and then they had some customers that they would they would they had been uh, asked if they would could could. It, uh, implement dynamics for the, for those customers, and so they started doing that. And then there's this guy who's doing dynamics. He, he quit, and then they were thinking maybe we should just like spin that off into a separate business. And so he came to a- and asked me, maybe we should like spin up a new business. So he and I we we started this new company, which is the company I we we run now. Uh, just a few years after that, I bought him out because uh, well, yeah. Um, but the the problem was when you were running your own company when. I mean, I started it. I I contracted Richard Nordstrom, or he, I employed him, um, just like after three months, and then uh, I had I I employed one more guy, more or less, uh, like a year or two after that. And it's it's tricky after that when you go come to like a size of three, uh, four, some somewhere around that, because especially in, in my case, I was the um, I became I became MVP around that time, it's 2012 as well. And I had a rather, I was a good, good personal brand around me. Uh, Rickard hadn't worked that much with Dynamics at that time. He was, he was, a, he was a good, in, he was a, uh, an engineer, um, so he's a, he's a very good technician, and he he was learning fast. Um, but the problem was that all customers they they knew about me, so they wanted me for everything. Uh, I was running the company. I was doing like all HR stuff. I was selling everything and uh, trying to do recruitment. And uh, it was really tough uh, trying to um, build the company and being the prime, the principal consultant as well. Um, so that's uh, that was a trick. And so I was thinking, okay, how how am I supposed to fix this? <laughs> how am I? Uh, and then my my wife, she had uh, been working for Ericsson many many years and. Then she got into consultancy and uh, f- found that that wasn't not, not at all what this the same thing as in working with a large uh, pr- product centered organization. And uh, after that steel bath, she uh, found that it's maybe should we better to spend many hours uh, working for our company instead of working for somebody else. <laughs> yes, so she started working as C- CEO for us instead, and I could focus on our customers, which I still do. So I'm not the CEO anymore, but I'm, of course, in the management team at our company. Uh, You're still the king of your home, though, right? Well, I, well, we can say that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it works, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Now, you know, my, my opening question was, have you been nervous? And just to set some context for the listeners is that, you know, we're recording this on the 7th. Uh, sorry, recording it on the 3rd of the 7th, uh, so the 3rd of July, and we all just got renewed as MVPs. And and the thing is, uh, so Gustav's gone through that process. You're, what, eight years you've been an MVP now, right, Gustav? Yes. And, of course, from that perspective, I'm, you're always nervous on the 1st of July. And, uh, nowadays, and nowadays everybody gets renewed, or if they get renewed, they get renewed on the 1st of July. I am my my period as it like was always on the first of July. So first of July has has always been like very nervous time for me. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's always been nervous, and I've all <laughs> it's, you never know. Have I done enough? <laughs> exactly, exactly. My wife said to me, my wife said to me this week. She goes, I'm so pleased that the MVP program moved it to July because you know I've been an MVP since the first of January 2012. So you know that was when it was quarterly. You know, you came into the program. 
uh, and they didn't. And so therefore you got renewed based on your quarter as well. And of course, her birthday is actually the 31st of December. And she would like, I was always more interested in whether I was renewing <laughs> than her birthday. And she was like, I'm really happy it's now moved, uh, you know, to some other part in the calendar. Now, the other amazing thing, uh, you know, your claim to fame is that for the company of your size, you now have three MVPs on board. We do, yeah, yeah. That's we're, pretty amazing. Who are the other? Who are the other two? It was Jonas Rapp and uh, Sarah Lagerqvist. Yeah, uh, man, isn't you must be so proud. I am. I'm very proud of them. They're, they're, Especially they're, Sarah coming on recently, right? She has been doing a heck of a lot in the community in the last twelve months. Yes, so good. Has. Yeah, yeah. She's she's an amazing woman. So uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you must be so happy having. And jo- and jo- I mean, Jonas. He what what he's doing for the. If I, I think that. Uh, the people that are not in the community that are not using Fetch XML Builder, uh, they can probably be counted on one hand. Exactly. exactly <laughs> so it's exactly. It's, a, it's an amazing tool, and uh, I use it a lot, and it's very, it's very, very good. So if you have, if you're listening to this and you haven't used Fetch XML Builder, you definitely should go check it out. And uh, and the other thing I love about Jonas is his sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know whether he's pulling your leg or he's for real, and I. I do, I do love that about him. Also, he took me out for dinner. You know, when I when I first visited Stockholm, sorry, he took me out for lunch, and he was a newly minted MVP at that time, so a couple of years ago now. Um, so yeah, very hospitable, which was which was fantastic. And you've got a uh, a three six five Saturday coming up later this year. Is that right? Yeah, we do. We are yes, yes. And and beginning beginning of October, fifth of October. And planning's um, all underway. Yes. Yes, we are. We are. We still have. We have, I think we've prolonged the call, call for speakers. Um, so, uh, do you want me to come and speak? Yes, please. Of course, <laughs> we'd love to have you speak. Yeah, it was good fun doing it last year. And yeah, uh, and you, yeah, you had you, you spoke about the um, how how to be a good good consultant. I think yeah, yeah, very, um, the artisan consultant, right? The artisan yeah. consultant, and yeah, I think it's a it's an important topic. But we will come up with something new. I'm actually going up to Norway shortly to talk around the common data model. And I feel there's a lot of people that they hear CDS and they hear common data model. And then that, that to a degree, a lot of people just don't understand what a data model is. If you've come particularly from the canvas part of the world where you're more design, you design your user experience up front and then kind of attach it to some data behind where, you know, in, in our side of things, our journey has always been start at the data and work your way up. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I, and I think that there's also people coming from the other side. You know, I don't know if you work if you worked with telcos or anything, but then in telcos, there's they they have a defined data model that's called SID S I D, um, and I've asked people in Microsoft, okay, so how? Let's say that I'm coming from the from the telco area, and I have a, a customer saying, okay, we we have this data model. Can you implement that on the CDS? Um, and they're like, uh, well, we don't know. <laughs> uh, but, but, but surely that should definitely be that. I mean, that's the whole idea of CDS, right? Is that you should be able to take any data model. I mean, someone would have to naturally build it out and then export it as a solution at this point, right? Well, you should check it out. It's extremely, extremely abstract data model. Uh, is that like, uh, well, so what, multiple entities? and as Yeah, well, an inheritance. And it goes, it had, you just inheritance like crazy. Um, and we, since we, since we don't really support that in the, in the CDS, there's, there's issues with that. So, so as in, there's not really what you're saying, uh, the ability for data to be inherited just by 
It's relationship. No, like entities being. Uh, so, for instance, you have a uh, you have a some an entity called party, which is abstract, and then you have like contacts being a a a version of party, and then you have accounts being a version of party, and you have like uh, you, you see the point. Yeah, I, I I see an opportunity there, Gustav. I see an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that it's a very good idea to sort of start looking at build like reshaping the CDS into something like that. And like looking at these uh, very these very theoretical models that, like for instance, SID is, and seeing okay, how how would you implement that into the CDS? I think the problem is also when when I worked, I actually did one of this like um, I would call it like making it uh, making the SID concrete and implementing it into the into dynamics. I did it for CRM three and CRM four uh, a long time ago. Um, the, the, so I mean, you can't really use it in its like. Um, default pers- default way you have to make it more concrete because it's totally unusable <laughs> in the standard way um but it's like it's def- that's how it's defined and i mean they, it's it's very interesting to look at that and how so this is we have like a very abstract model and then you to be able to use it for a specific customer you have to make it concrete in some perspective so that's uh, it's it's interesting but it's uh, it's a challenge but it for, that's also it takes takes it to the point okay so what's microsoft's role in this are they supposed to build a a service that can handle this very abstract perspective and then we are supposed to make it more concrete for each customer or so i mean what's the what's the role of the technology yeah, from yeah. that perspective right and for them it'll come purely down to the opportunity uh, sizing right as in how big the potential opportunity is yeah, but I think it's also. I mean, that depends on what what's what's the role of the CDS going to be. Uh, is it going to uh, be used as a true canonical data model in in the architecture of the like large enterprises, uh, or is it just going to be used as a um, sort of like an intermediary data model, or just as like a application platform to be to be used for for smaller things? I think it depends on the vision you have what you want to build with that. So. I think one of the key people then, to, who are you, dis- like you talking with Matt Barber about this or are you talking with uh, Ryan Jones? Because I think these are the kind of chaps that might be open to conversations on that topic. Yeah, I, I have discussed, I, I have discussed it with some of these people, but I I don't feel, I haven't felt that I had, got, I haven't gotten the, the sort of traction with them that I yeah, need. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting, interesting. Um, voice of the customer officially deprecated. Yes, and, not, and not, I, a, not a big surprise now. I know, I know you had a big commitment to this product, though. Like you've you've invested a lot of uh, uh, hours, I suppose, on it and and projects, etc. Does it? Do you see that you're? Are you just going to uh, stop? You know, well, I assume you're going to stop selling it now and go to uh, Forms Pro. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the short answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't a big, wasn't a big surprise. I think the uh, what when Microsoft w- released their preview of Forms Pro, uh, you could quite it, it, when you just looked into the database on the CDS, you saw what they were doing in it with it. It was like almost a replica of the data model of the voice of the customer. So it was like okay, so they are actually replacing voice of the customer. Um, so it was quite quite obvious what they were doing. Um, uh, so you, do, you didn't have to be Einstein to to, to recognize that they are going to deprecate uh, the deprecate voice of the customer and move to Forbes Pro. Um, but that was so it's just a, 
question of the timing for that. So. Do you see there's going to be a migration path? I haven't seen anything to that effect. Is there going to be any tooling around being able to convert one to the other? I'm not sure I can talk about that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So <laughs> there you go. I'm in the dark around your NDA content. <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. It was interesting. I was talking to a major uh, customer the other day. Uh, and when I say customer, they're not my customer. They have Microsoft's customer um, for a, a, you know, a pretty large airline. And they were just saying Forms Pro is revolutionizing so many parts of their business now. You know, Anything that was paper-based, it's such a logical way to go to capture the right data um, in the right place. And then, of course, using Flow pipe it anywhere that's kind of needed inside the org. Yeah, and it, that's that's what I was saying about voice of the customer, that it's you can use it for so much more than just being a, um, like getting customer surveys back. You can use it for being like, a like just like, it's, like they're saying with Forms Pro, it is something that you can use for dynamic forms. Um, for somebody in the business to, to easily be able to create a form without talking to a developer, Getting it out to the customers, getting that data in using a for, using flows flows to push the data into the right places in Dynamics. That's it's super efficient to do that. And I mean, if you're talking about the citizen developers, that is exactly what you're what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the MVP program. Right, you've been in it eight years. I've heard comments. In fact, I was, I was in an interview yesterday and uh, the individual lady said that when she looks at the MVP program from the outside, it looks like a bunch of old white dudes, um, you know, old white dudes in there. But and and, you know, I totally understand where that comes from. But if you have a look at the latest, you know, uh, I think. Was there around 25 people or, or MVPs that kind of didn't get renewed this cycle inside BizApp? So I think we're down to 166-odd folks currently in the program. But I tell you, we've never seen so many females in the program. And when I look at the diversity uh, of people under uh, uh, business solutions, it seems to be quite broad and growing. Yeah. But, you know, I'm... I'm I'm a bit I'm I might not be like a hyper libertarian, but I'm a rather I'm a bit bit I'm a bit leaning towards that perspective, and I don't like to put people into different different categories. I like to judge people based on their skill set, and I think that Sarah deserves her credit and being an MVP for for what she's done, not because of who she is. Uh-huh. And I think that totally agree. Totally agree. And I think that goes for everybody else in the program, um, for being for staying or not staying. It's it's because they're that what what they've done and what they've not done. So if they're white or they're black or they're female or male, I think that's not that's beside the question. So so one of the things that the program is about, of course, is is being talented in an area and then uh, contributing, right? So, 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 really, is it a, a level playing field? Do you see the program at the moment? I mean, is it ever? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, is it is it ever a level, a level playing field when you're playing? I mean, I'm born I'm born in in Sweden. Uh, I have I have free university here because it's paid by it's paid by the state. How many countries have that? Not many. No. So is Not it a level, is it is it a level playing field? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So so here's something else I'm interested in. You know, uh, Dynamics 
oh, sorry, let's say the MVP program for all its years is really around people with strong technical skills and, uh, you know, more leaning in the early days to strong dev or strong IT pro type skills. And now, you know, in, in our world, we've got this whole area of makers that are creating products that don't necessarily come from a technology background. They're building apps and and they're on their technology journey, but they've strong subject matter experts in their field. So whether their field is airlines, whether their field is, uh, you know, mining airports, whatever it might be. Do you think the MVP program is set up to allow these people that are not necessarily strong technologists in, or do you reckon it's they should go find a different program? <laughs> no, I think it is because I think there are people that are not super strong from a technology perspective. Like, like look at look at Rick McCutcheon for instance. He's he's not a super strong technology guy, but he he is still an MVP. And he, he he's proven that you can be an MVP and not be like super techie uh, developer. Um, so I think you definitely can, but you have to recognize what the MVP program is. It's like you are most valuable professional to Microsoft. Uh, you are you're helping Microsoft doing stuff, uh, and that's the that's the point of it. The program, right? So. so I remember, and I know I've discussed with this recently, and it's a bit fuzzy, etc. But some years ago, I remember chatting with you at. Uh, a summit and you talked about some, I don't know whether you'd read something or some research or something like that around the value of the MVP program to Microsoft. So in other words, why do they have it? Why do they give these benefits away? Why do they have uh, this community? I think of currently around 2,600 or 800. I can't remember the exact number. What, what What's the big win for them in this whole thing in your mind? on that yeah um, i would love to see it <laughs> i think it's it would be a it would be a great paper because there's there's so many different wins i mean just like how i mean there's different aspects of this there's first i mean the, the most obvious aspects are for of course people there's lots of mvps just sitting there answering a lot of uh, questions on forums but so that's one thing then you have all the people that are answering questions on forums that want to be mvps so you have like a pull effect of, of the mvps and so I mean, you have to you have to you have to ask ask the question: What what would happen if we remove the MVP program today, and then look at what looking like in a five five or ten year year period? What would be the alternative cost to Microsoft? Um, and and I think you, you'd have you'd lose lots of ambassadors that are talking warmly about about the product, um, that are sort of they're advocating for for the product. You'd lose lots of these people that are helping other people, and they're actually not Microsoft, so they're the, the trust in what they're saying is higher than what Microsoft are saying in some perspectives. So, because people are actually trusting them with that. And so I think that from that perspective, it's also higher. Um, and then there, you can probably figure out uh, even other perspectives in that as well. So I think there's, there's many, many areas here where you can find uh, really important things. And I think there, if you compare um, micro, the Microsoft community to other uh, products, you can you can still you can see that there's like there, the the vividness of this community that's around all the Microsoft products is is amazing, and I I think that that is not a it's not it's not just happenstance. There's there's a reason for that, and I think that the MVP community and then the MVP program is part of that, of course. Yeah, yeah, so good, so good. So you're going to Orlando for um, 
user group summit? I am, yes. I'm doing four presentations. Four presentations. Um, I, I, hope, I, I, hope, I hope to be on your pub as well, if you can manage uh, to move it. <laughs> that, well, I'm, I'm aiming to move, get the pub quiz moved at the end of the day. Now, I understand that Sweden is going to represent and, and, and going for bragging, global bragging rights. Well, my company is, I think with my company, we have nine presentations. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. 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 And uh, are you going to do any work on the medics booth? I often see you there with your medic coat on. Yes, always. Yeah, that's, I love that. I think it, I think it's, it's such a test of your, of your skills. And I, I, I love that troubleshooting thing. I, it's I, I, thinking on the spot. Yeah, and I mean, you always get that these amazing, <laughs> tricky questions, and you're like, "Oh, maybe can I get? Can I figure something out that helps this person right there, right now?" So good. It. Yeah. So good. Um, the number one benefit to you of being an MVP is what? Oh, number one. Um, mm. Only one. If you, if you, if you, there was only one thing. What, what would it be? You would stay for it. I think the the uh, the all the relationships that I get through it, yeah, yeah, no, that's both, both 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 MVPs and the Microsoft relationships you get. But I think I get more MVP relationships, and they are amazing because these people are are they are so skilled and they are very nice. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's do a bit of a wrap up. We've already cranked through our time. Uh, your best purchase under a hundred dollars is what? Best purchase under hundred. Yeah, I should have thought of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's meant to put you on the spot. It's you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, if someone wants to become an MVP, what's the one? If you could only give them one bit of advice, what would it be? You have to be passionate. So, so find your passion with passion within Dynamics and go for it. Good. I like it. Any any luck on the hundred dollar one? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I have a log log Logitech. Uh, it's called MX Anywhere Two Mouse. Um, it's it's almost a hundred dollars. It's a very expensive mouse, but you can run it on glass, and I love that. Ah, wow, that yeah. is that is unique. Yeah, so it's it's a it's, it's a really good mouse, and uh, it's so it's it's very firm. I love I love the feel of it, and I use it ev- almost every day. So it's uh, having a really good mouse is really good. Nice. Best place to visit in Sweden? Gotland. Gotland. Where I, where I come from. It's a, it's an, it's the limestone island in the middle of the Baltic. Yeah, which, when you say a limestone island, like how many thousands of islands is is, is Sweden made up of? It's the biggest island in Sweden. So it's oh, it is mid- the biggest island. Okay. Yes, it's in the middle. It's like there's fifty thousand people living here. So uh, it's it's rather big. If you look at the map, you'll see a big island in the middle of the Baltic Sea. And the Russians, the Russians want to have it because then they can have like aircraft carriers or stuff. We can just like dominate the baltic sea with it so it's uh so many people some people call it the like unsinkable aircraft carrier of the baltic uh-huh, sea uh-huh. um so it's um yeah that's that's but it's beautiful because it has a, uh, lots of very old history here and the 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 nature here is very special uh, it's almost a bit mediterranean uh, because yeah so it's very it's very beautiful and we have a town that's uh started, they started building in the seventh century we're like eighth century, so it's it's a very old town uh, with a with a wall around it. It's called Visby, and I'm actually meeting Larry Lenz. He's coming on a cruise ship tomorrow. Is yeah. that right? Oh well, good on good on you. That'll be great. Say hi to Larry for me. Um, before we go, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way they can do with it? Do that. Uh, I think send me an email at uh, gustav.westerland at crmconsultant.se. 
CRM Consulter now. <laughs> it's a bit, a bit weird. If you just check out our website, you can find that. It's a... Hey, thanks for listening. Full show notes can be found at nz365guide.com forward slash 119. Get involved in the conversation. Every Wednesday, Steve Modu and I go live on air to answer your questions. Join us on YouTube live stream. You can find us at youtube.com forward slash nz365guy. If you want, hit the bell and you'll get notified one hour before we go live. Otherwise, see you next week.